Welcome to the Tantra and Yoga podcast. These podcasts are recorded live at Anatara Ashram with Artemis and Bhairav in the Nishka Nation of Northern BC, Canada. For more information, you can visit anatara.org. For the whole first probably decade of my journey in spirituality, I thought and believed that I would one day land in a place where I would be peaceful forever, I would never feel suffering again, I would never be sad again, that there are people on earth who are, you know, perfect and that they don't make mistakes. That, that I really believed, without having this language at that time, I believed that there was an ability to fully transcend my humanness and come to a place where I would be the perfect human being, in a sense. Where everyone would love me, where I would, yeah, be happy all the time. And two, of course, the path, but also through watching beings that I loved and thought were perfect fall and make mistakes. And having my heart broken by that, I've realized that actually more pain comes from believing that I should be something and believing in this idealized self than just accepting the fallibility of my humanness. Um, And when I took that pressure off of myself of like my spirituality, my spiritual practice should look like wearing white, smiling all the time, birds landing on my finger, you know, (laughs) When I released that, then there, then the true peace really came. So that would be, for me, one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was <clears throat> uh, quite similar, really. Um, and I guess it's related to um, this goal-oriented um, thing that we have. Like we have to be uh, looking in a certain way, but... Uh, it's kind of like, if I do practice right now, then it will uh, unfold into something in the future. And it might. If you do a mantra for finding a partner, that might happen. But when it, um, when it, when it comes to the deepest reality, there's nowhere to go. And actually, you start to realize that, like, you, like... You're you right now. You're like we're we can't we can't go anywhere from that, and that's what the that's what spirituality unfolds for us that um, that we're ourselves, but like that 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 us in that self is divine, is ultimate. So so there's there isn't. Like, because we've heard, of course, that there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. Okay, sure. I don't have to go to India, but I really want to go to India. You know, you can go and travel and you can do whatever you want and you can search and seek. And searching and seeking is a really important part of the practice, of of one's path. But... Um, Make sure that you're not running away from something mm-hmm. inside, because it's actually that what we realize is that that 
that divinity is within. And um, so this goal-oriented thing, like one day I'll be spiritual and I'll, you know, again, exactly what you said, Artemis, like it's, it's false. It's mm-hmm. false. It's right here. Um, and that's not to say that we shouldn't go to India or we shouldn't go anywhere and, and learn from others and, you know, help this process of unfolding. But at the same time, it's very easy to hear spiritual teachings um, in this modern day. You can get a podcast and anywhere from Ramdas to Muji to Sadhguru to like you to can, Instagram to Instagram influencers. <laughs> you can, but you have to listen. Mm-hmm. It, it's not just like okay, another podcast, another podcast. This will be the one where the truth lies. You know, you just have to listen deep to one. And really, really listen, and the truth will unfold. But, but we just want, it's like we're, we treat um, spiritual teachings the same way that we treat, I don't know, food. The more, the better, right? We, we just want more and more food. And food helps to nourish the body, so we do, do need more food on a daily basis. But... Um, we only need so much food. And spiritual teachings, you just really, you just need one teaching, in fact, to listen deeply um, to that one teaching, and that one teaching can unfold it. But sometimes it takes a lot to get through to us. Mm-hmm. So we need to hear again and again. I remember when I first met Sahajananda, he talked a lot about surrender, the importance of, um, of surrender on the path. And when I heard him talk about surrender, I felt that that was the first time I'd ever heard it. Like the importance of really trusting, trusting deeply the spiritual guidance that you've been given. Trusting deeply that when you go into meditation and you start to go deeper and you start to feel like you're uh, you're dying in a way that you're disappearing in a sense to have an act of surrender to giving to allowing yourself to go into that emptiness to trust that no one has died from this process so so being able to go into that and I remember the first time that I felt that I heard this was from Sahajananda and then I talked to my friend um, Laura Karati who had been on the path with me already at that point for um, for many years. And I I talked to her about this, and she says, what are you talking about? Um, our our first teacher, Swami, um, he always talked about it. He, w- he was always pushing us, always like um, trying to inspire us to go into this. But I just never heard it. It's kind of like, as well, we hear things when we're ready, when we're good and ready. In the same way that when we're good and ready to listen to our parents, we'll listen, you know, like we kind of find like, oh, that's what they were meaning and they're, and they're talking about this and that. As a teenager, we might not be able to hear, but when we get a bit older, we're like, okay, well, that's why they were saying such and such a thing. So. And even with this, there's a continuous deepening in mm-hmm. the teaching, teachings. It, it, there is this point where you 
you know, you may feel, okay, now I finally heard surrender. Mm-hmm. And then, who knows, a week later, a month later, a year later, years later, you're like, oh no, now I understand surrender. And then again, you know, you, you learn to surrender a little bit more. And it's like, oh no, now I truly understand surrender. And it keeps happening like this, not just with surrender, but mm-hmm. with anything. Yeah. And so it can feel even like we're learning it for the first time. Uh, even though we may have heard it spoken about forever, multiple times. And this is why often um, this, this uh, aspect of humility is so important mm. in spirituality. That you, you never try to sum it up and be like, oh now I know, oh yeah, now I got it sorted, you know. Now I, now I've made a plan. Now I, now I know what it is because, um, yeah. As soon as you know, then you lose it because you you can't really know these things. You can only um, be these things. From all of the practices I've done and the meditations I've done, I can safely say that no. Two meditations have been the same, ever. They're always different. There's always a different connection with the energy. There's always something else, something else happening. So the most important thing, don't have expectations for yourself. Don't try to live with an idealized self. Just be natural in the present moment. Listen deeply. What else? Sangha. Sangha is another one. Sangha is huge. Um, I think for the longest time I thought that like I was an individual on a path and that I would run into other people. You know, maybe I'd be in a spiritual community or maybe I'd meet someone uh, somewhere. But I always had this sense that like they were here to help me on my path. And at this point, I don't know if I can really put words to it, but it's very clear that with Sangha, we are, we are all a part of what we need. We're like an ecosystem, maybe as a good analogy, in, in that this, this isn't here for one person. And at the same time, it's not... Although it, it may appear that way externally sometimes, especially in a moment such as this, that like Bhairavan, I have more understanding or something. But it's really not that way. <laughs> it's an illusion in a sense. We, we maybe have the words, we maybe have experience, but at the same time, in the very same way, every single one of you can, can be a teacher for another teacher for me, teacher for Bhairav, a reflection. And, and together we are, um, together we are moving towards the divine, if you want to put it that way. It, it, and if, if Bhairav and I are alone, if, even if we're, if we're separated, if I'm working by myself, it will not, nothing, nothing will be as strong as when I'm with the group. As, with, as when I'm with him. And then together, nothing will be as strong as if we, when we have one more person here, and so on. Likewise, if we have a group of people here, and people aren't really interested, because it happens. 
they're not very interested in the spirituality. They're more interested in meeting people. They're more interested in talking about where they're going to go next. They're more interested in talking about where they've come from. They're more interested, you know, in they don't realize it. They're in an ashram, but they're somewhere else at the same time. Then, then we're, it's still not as strong. We could have 50 people here, but if only two of them are interested in their sadhana and their spirituality, it won't be as strong as if every single person was interested in this. And yeah, I don't know if I'm even properly conveying it, but it's, it, it's something that my mind can't even really understand. I, I feel, and it's so apparent, that we are together like, not one of us is the seed but all of us is the soil and the nutrients that's required to, to, to blossom and spread that seed. So, yeah, it's Sangha. I, I feel more than ever, you know, Thich Nhat Hanh uh, has been, I think actually the Buddha said it first, but that the, the next Buddha will be the Sangha. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel that this is so obvious that we really truly need each other and even if we remove spirituality from it, wherever you go in the world, if it's a toxic environment, if it's not supportive, if it's not conducive for your hopes and dreams, uh, it's going to be a lot harder to make those things happen. If everyone in the room thinks you're stupid and you're trying to read a book, that has a huge impact on you. You have to be very, very strong in order to overcome people's perceptions of you versus if you know you're in a place where everybody thinks that you can do it you know? so in in buddhism even they have uh this understanding when you become buddhist you take refuge in the buddha the or dharma and the sangha and those three the guru is like the teacher it's at the same it's not like first we take a refuge in the Guru or the Buddha. Then we take refuge in the Sangha because it's not as good as the Buddha. Actually, the three of them are just as important. And then the the Dharma is the path. So the path is also just as important. Not the goal, not the end point of the path, but actually where you are right now. The the path that you walk along in this life is just as important as the Guru, as the Sangha. And, of course, sometimes the Sangha community can be annoying, it's true. It can be like, um, you know, we're challenged in many ways, but that's part of it, you know. If you're alone, how much challenge, how many challenges are you going to have from yourself? Not that many. Of course, those things will also arise, you know, frustrations and things will arise when you're alone, but not... Not as quickly as when you're with um, other people. It tests how much love you can give mm-hmm. at all times, your compassion, etc. Mm-hmm.